from Luminary Media and Jigsaw Productions. And it's a race to see who can get to the history books. The season looks composed. That you've got an athlete who can't quite make it, and they've got a team, a, a girl from another team, trying to help her to the finish line. New York's line. best day. Finish the race. She comes to the tape as New York's best. When a victory turns out to be a lie. Why does it feel like such a betrayal? I'm Alex Gibney, and this is Lies We Tell. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This story starts with a detective. I'm not solving a murder, I'm not, but it's you know, just digging through photos up and finding the one thing, you know, there's, you know, that's just like, ah, I did it, wow, this is crazy, I can't believe I found that. So, you know, those kind of moments. His name is Derek Murphy. He's a financial analyst, and his hobby is catching cheaters in the long-distance running world. Marathon cheaters. This story gets dark. Fast. So if you're listening with young kids or... You just aren't in the mood. Maybe you're feeling a little fragile. You might want to skip this one. And with that warning, I will hand it over to our reporter, Sophie Bierman. When you run a marathon, you're a body in a sea of bodies. You've probably seen the big ones on TV, Boston, New York, Chicago. Picture that. It's this river of tens of thousands of people just rushing down the road. I actually just ran a half marathon, and it's total chaos. When you're out there in that massive confusion, you can imagine how someone might use that anonymity to cheat, to slip away, maybe into a taxi, cut the course and rejoin a little bit later to get to the finish line faster. But in fact, each runner is tracked and generating data. Actually, a lot of data. Zoom in on a single runner and you can start to see how it works. Each athlete wears a bib with a chip in it. There are timing mats positioned along the course and in the exact moment that the runner crosses a mat, their chip pings a sensor. This is how you can know your exact finish time. And runners are obsessed with these personal bests they spend years trying to shave off just a few seconds. And all this data reveals a lot to Derek Murphy. Tell me about Derek Murphy. 
I met him in the lobby of the hotel that I was staying at. And uh, he kind of, he looks like a dad. He is a dad. You know, he's like, like two young kids. How would you describe yourself? Not, not like the LA Magazine article did where they said I look like, um, more like a mall cop than an athlete. Yeah, it was very, it was very mean. He's no slouch. Derek's run 11 marathons. But you might say he's more focused on other people's runs than his own. He's the founder and force behind MarathonInvestigation.com, a website that scrutinizes suspicious race results. So if somebody's running 12-minute miles and all of a sudden they ran a six-minute mile, then that's something that's suspicious. Derek's become obsessed with cheaters and trying to expose them and their lies and cover-ups. There may be runners that have a three-hour marathon, but all their other races may be over five hours. That's when I look at photos and say, hey, it's not the same runner. Someone gave their bib away or sold their bib or whatever. Derek will comb through GPS entries, eyewitness accounts, really turn over all the rocks to figure out the full story, what really happened. I've become fascinated with Derek and why he does what he does, especially after this one particular investigation into one particular runner in the Los Angeles Marathon. On the morning of March 24th, Frank Meza got up early. He gets out of bed, slips into his running outfit, maybe has some coffee, and then drives to the starting line at, at Dodgers Stadium. He had broken the world record for the the fastest marathon ever run by a 70-year-old. Now, to be clear, this wasn't an official world record, but this was still a huge deal within the running community. This is Chris Beam, a reporter who wrote about Frank for Los Angeles Magazine. Instead of going up onto the podium, um, he goes home, he has lunch with his family, doesn't do any TV interviews or any other media. Frank is a retired doctor in Los Angeles and an avid runner. In between shifts working at the hospital, he would put on his running shoes and and head out for, you know, to squeeze in a few miles. Frank's been running for decades. He's run hundreds of races and he even started a really popular running club in the 70s. So after that LA Marathon, someone on this website, Let's Run, it's a message board for runners, started a thread congratulating Frank on his really incredible time. Soon after, maybe the fifth or sixth comment, someone points out that that there has been doubt uh, surrounding Frank Meza's times for a few years now. And then someone on Let's Run points out that... Back in 2014, he was disqualified from a marathon in Sacramento. So this sows doubt about whether the... Other times, especially this most recent one in Los Angeles, were legitimate. Frank's time, two hours and 53 minutes, is more than an hour faster than the second-place runner in his age group. Actually, the third, too. The next two runners finished in about four hours and 10 minutes. I spoke to one of these runners, Marek Malalepsi, a 73-year-old, on the phone. I must tell you this. When I saw Meta, Meta's time which was below three hours, you know, people who, because we had a party after the marathon, and I said, you know, that's, that's Barbara Streisand, you know, uh, because 
there is no way there is no way that somebody can can run at this age with that kind of pace this is just impossible Back in Ohio, the marathon investigator, Derek Murphy, is noting all these red flags. And they're starting to pile up. Somebody had found a photo that appeared to show Frank standing on the side of the road on, in the Hollywood area. So Derek emails Frank, wondering what happened. And Meza says that he'd taken a bathroom break. Okay. The thing is, Murphy looked at not only that series of photos that showed Meza coming onto the course. I was able to get a high-res shot of that photo as well as photos for minutes before that at one-second intervals, you know, for the whole time. So basically, I had a video. You see him emerging from the side of the road, but you never saw him coming from the further point in the course. So I concluded that he didn't run the entire course. So Derek goes back to Frank with more questions. But Derek reports that Frank shut him down and said he'd be getting a lawyer. Most interestingly, um, and and I think this is where Murphy kind of goes above and beyond in his investigative skills, uh, he looked at the photos of Meza coming back onto the course in, in Los Angeles, and he was able to figure out ex- what exact time those photos were taken. And based on that time, and then also the time at which Meza crossed the next timing mat, um, he was able to calculate Meza's pace in when running that that uh, section of the course. And huh. based on that calculation, uh, could see that he was running roughly a eight and a half minute mile, which was two minutes slower than his overall pace for the marathon. So I, I eventually did write an article about that and then... Um, then I wrote another article, uh, found photos from another point in there, showing him standing on a corner and then jumping on the course. And so that, that's a lot of, if nothing else, there's, there was just a lot of time standing around during a record you know, type pace. So again, so I was writing these articles and then LA Times wrote an article, you know, and they stated that the, you know, that a disqualification was pending. Eventually, after its own review, the Los Angeles Marathon disqualifies Frank. They found certain portions of his run were so fast it would have been an impossible feat during a marathon. And the fact that Frank still doesn't confess really bugs Derek. After he was disqualified, um, which was about the 1st of July, right? You know, LA Times wrote a follow-up and and so did I. And then it it just, then it took off nationally. It got picked up and syndicated. Um, Then I started hearing from the, I was hearing from the Evening News was going to run a story on it, uh, Inside Edition. The big one was the L.A. Times, though God knows why anyone needs to put a marathoner in his 70s on the front of the L.A. Times. This is Frank's wife, Tina. Not only was this becoming big news, but then an assistant coach at a private high school where Frank was a running instructor sent out an email. To parents, to, to teachers, to coaches, saying that this was unacceptable to have a coach who was clearly a cheater. Um, so this was really humiliating for, for Meza to have this be um, public knowledge uh, in the outside world, but even especially among the, the people who know him best. After the story blows up, another photo surfaces. I would say the closest thing we have to a smoking gun is a photo 
of the 2014 San Francisco Marathon, in the background is a figure, a blurry figure, riding a bike. And that figure looks a lot like Frank Meza. How do you know? Um, You can't really see his face. The face is blurry. But uh, we have other photos of Meza from that same marathon in which we can see him wearing the same clothes. He's wearing a sort of a gray pullover, black cap, a pair of black pants with a a white stripe on the side. You can also see, if you really zoom in, um, that he's wearing a pair of bright green socks. A lot of people thought that's the way that he was traversing the course, ditch a bike, you know, cross Tommy Man, go back and ride further on the course and then repeat. Derek publishes his eighth blog post on Frank Meza on the morning of July 4th. He titles it, Frank on a Bike, Evidence Can't Be Dismissed. Yeah, so it was the morning of July 4th. Um, yeah. I was doing Delsey things. And he just looked at me and he says, you know, I love you. And I said, thank you. Which is really uncharacteristic. I mean, pretty, and we're a very close-knit family. We're not all that affectionate. Frank's wife, Tina. Um, and then I kept doing the bills. And he says, and then he said, well, I think I'm going to go for a run. And I said, okay, in a reasonable mode. And he says, let's have lunch afterwards. And I said, great. And uh, he left. And he didn't come back. And then I started getting a little bit worried. Tina got in her car. She went out looking for him. Then I saw the park rangers who closed off the bike path near the river, the same river where he used to play when he was a kid. And then I knew. The morning of Frank's funeral, friends, family, and loved ones packed the church in South Pasadena. Today, we acknowledge that Frank has completed the race. He has run the track set out for him by the Lord. On July 4th, Derek was at an amusement park with his daughter, waiting for the fireworks to begin when he heard about Frank. When I saw that post on Let's Run, I'm like, that can't be true. You know, so, you know, and then I started getting emails from you know, media and everything else, and that's, that's when I knew it was true. So I just had to kind of keep it together for a couple hours until I could you know, get home and, and, de- and deal with it. And it was, you know, that. I don't remember much of that night. I just kind of did a statement on my website just saying, I'm not going to talk about cheating or anything at this point. Let's just, you know, this fellow's best just, just, you know, stay kind of quiet, you know, 
offer my condolences to the family. So a lot of the coverage, even of the local Cincinnati paper, kind of man found dead after local man accuses him of cheating. It implied a cause and effect. A lot of the messages that I was receiving, that I, you know, I had blood on my hands, I killed him, I did, you know, did this, where I was just, reporting on it. So that's why I've been basically quiet for the last month or two. It's, it's an intellectual aspect and an emotional. Intellectually, I know I didn't really do anything wrong. I reported on this. I didn't sensationalize it. I reached out to him. Derek has been publishing MarathonInvestigation.com for four years now. This is not the first time there's been controversy. Not even close. And while nothing exactly like this had happened... It wasn't as if the possibility had never crossed his mind before. When his blog was first starting to get popular, one long-distance runner, Scott Coomer, invited Derek onto his podcast to ask Derek what MarathonInvestigation.com was doing and why. Scott used the example of someone Derek had exposed, a friend of mine from college, Jane. I don't think that you're the one necessarily that's shaming it. <clears throat> you know that people are taking your article and sharing it and saying, look at this bitch who's lying and stealing and blah, 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 and then sharing it on their wall times thousands of people all over the internet, right? Derek had busted Jane for cheating in a half marathon. He'd used GPS data and a high-res photo to prove that she skipped part of the race. And the most damning evidence that he'd been able to uncover was that after the race, she had tried to cover her tracks by biking the full course later in the day. Her story went really viral, and people online said vicious things about her. That's actually how I first heard about Derek, from Jane's story. I think it was really hard for Jane. And Scott wondered, given the crime, if that's what you can even call it, was all this attention really necessary? What's really motivating Derek? Is he just trying to publicly humiliate people? If she didn't cheat, none of that would have happened. Um, so well, and I would think and, because and if, of Jane, there's, if, there's probably somebody out there who did not cheat because of Jane. You know, there's probably there's probably a number of people, you know, like yeah, like that. So well, yeah, it, it's, you, kind of, you, it's kind of a great a good argument. I, I'd like to have that without having Jane be like a sacrificial lamb, you know, for you know for a few people not cheating. But well, and we're using Jane as an example. <clears throat> And, and, you know, God forbid Jane's not the public person. Let's say Jane's the private person. And let's say that person kills himself. I mean, that's going to feel bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and although it hasn't happened, and although we hope it doesn't happen, and although we can both say, hmm, pretty sure it probably won't happen, but I think that intellectually, if we're going to be honest, we have to say that Jane taking her own life is is a foreseeable thing that could happen. And that would kill me. And if that were to happen, if Jane would have, God forbid, killed herself for, yeah, that, I, yeah, that probably would have, you know, that would have been it for an investigation. That would be awful. I, I can understand your point from, you know, public, you know, someone who gets publicly humiliated because they just cut a marathon and there was no other, you know, there was no other gain. I, I, I get, I get your point of view there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Sophie, I don't understand. Is cheating... A big problem? Is it that common? It is. Derek has caught hundreds of cheaters. But what's the problem with letting someone who's cheating run in a marathon? I just, I guess I don't see who that's hurting. Okay, well, take the runner that came in third after Frank in the LA Marathon. He told me he trained for months for that race. The best feeling is when you accomplish your mission. Let's say I, I, I accomplish my 10-mile run, you know, and I'm sitting in the car. I'm, I'm coming to the car and I'm eating my banana, driving back home from my course. You have no idea what is the pleasure, what, 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 what kind of feeling, how happy you are. And you're coming home, you're taking a shower. It's like, hey, you know, you feel like after the best sex in your life, okay? That is the feeling, you know? empower, you know, like you feel I can do anything. I think this is why people are so outraged by cheaters. It costs a lot of sacrifice, a lot of dedication, and a lot of believing that one day that will be much better and you will benefit of it. There's something really distasteful, off-putting, about someone pretending to run, pretending to finish and complete a race. I mean, how you can be proud when you cheat, <laughs> you know? So it's unthinkable in my world. It never came to my mind that somebody can do something like this. Because to me, it's like a personal. I mean, this, I'm, I'm cheating myself. And I would, next day, if I would, if I would even think about something like this, I would, I would not even look into the mirror, you know, shaving my face or brushing my teeth. So... I'm just disgusted that somebody can, 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 can move to that kind of point in his life. Maybe my words are really strong, but, you know, uh, this is how I feel, okay? No excuse. And all this makes me think of what motivates someone to cheat. 
especially someone who is clearly so dedicated to running. It's hard to understand what might have been going on for Frank Meza. In some ways, seemed like the last person in the world who would have any reason to cheat. He was successful by almost any measure. Um, he was respected. You know, he had a, a great life, a great family, um, a lot of friends, a lot of money. Um, and so you wouldn't, there was no obvious reason that that's a 70-year-old doctor uh, who was was beloved by ev- almost everyone who knows him um, would have any reason to to cheat. Do you think Frank cheated? No. No. Okay. No. It wasn't like that. He doesn't do it for the glory or the money or any of that. It's hard to know, especially because the people who knew him best, who I talked to, insisted that he did not cheat. So the the people with, I think, the greatest insight into what might have driven him um, are not willing to talk about it or not willing to speculate. Um, so unfortunately, we we kind of have to speak in general terms about why people cheat at marathons. I've heard a few theories about what motivates cheating at marathons. Most boiled down to this, seeking praise, something you can post on social media. But in Frank's case, he wasn't on social media. Here's someone who didn't even take the podium. So does that explanation make sense? But I also think people are complicated, and he did make it known that he was setting these records. Um... He appeared in videos, promotional videos for Kaiser Permanente in which he talked about his running. And it was it was part of his public-facing mm. identity and very much part of his private identity. This is something that meant a lot to him, right. if not the thing that meant the most to him. Maybe one factor, and it's maybe the reason Frank's story has gotten so much attention, is that... He was 70. You also have to take into account the aging factor and the fact that anyone at age 70 is going to be, in some form or another, in decline. And for a lot of people, especially successful people who are used to doing things well and experiencing the the pleasure that that brings, as well as the the congratulations and public approval that that can bring, um, that can be very hard. So... Maybe, and here I'm just speculating, but maybe, you know, five, ten years ago, someone who's not running as fast as they used to, maybe it starts small. Maybe you cut a little bit and discover that it's easier than you expected and that no one really notices. Right. You know, small corner cutting can, can turn into much larger scale cheating. But of course, it's really hard to say what was going on for Frank. That question of why he felt the need to do these things. You know, we all lie about things, um, large and small, and and sometimes feel trapped inside those lies. And understanding why that happens and um, how to prevent it from entrapping us to the, the point that we feel like there's no way out, I think is a, a worthy goal. 
I understand why Derek wants to see cheaters caught. But the part that's hard to understand, then, is where to draw the line and how. It has to be some kind of line. Okay, yeah, it's, it's racing. Is it that yeah, big a deal? But should we write about them or not or name them? I think when, you know, I reach out to somebody and they call me a liar and they threaten to call a lawyer on me, am I going to be... <laughs> It's sympathetic. It's so tough. And again, it's, it's independent. Yeah. I do it by myself. So yeah, you do it by yourself, but also like that's where it gets complicated. Like you're making personal judgments. Like, oh, this person's been an asshole. I'm not going to be as sympathetic. Or this person owned up to it, so I'm more sympathetic. Yeah, but I think being aware of those bias you know, as those biases, I kind of guard against them and back against them. And there's so much I haven't written. When you ask Derek why he doesn't just report problems to the race directors, he says he does. And sometimes he says that's not enough. Kelly Agnew was another big story that I wrote. He was the ultra runner who was cheating at like 24-hour races, a fixed time races. And, you know, those are typically like on short loops. So he'd r- run the loop, cross the finish line, exit the course, and then hop back on the course without running the, second, the other loop. And, and he was winning races and dozens of races and, you know, without – and he was quietly disqualified and the behavior continued until I wrote about it. So there's, you know, some – so people who say, well, she just quietly tell, talk to the race director and all well, that hadn't been working. People report this stuff and it hadn't been having the deterrent effect. So there's you know, definitely a deterrent effect to having the website out and having it somewhat public. In the case of Frank Meza, Derek did reach out to the LA Marathon. And initially, they didn't do anything. He reached out to the LA Marathon and asked them if they were planning to, to disqualify Meza what they told him is that no, they had looked at Meza's times and they had decided not to disqualify him. Instead, they were going to ask him to run with an observer next time. I think the, the, the Los Angeles Marathon's decision not to disqualify him, I think that kind of uh, inspired Murphy and, and some of the other people on Let's Run to keep digging Hmm. and to push harder. They felt like this was a miscarriage of justice and evidence of of, um, an attempt to sweep this under the rug. So um, at that point, Murphy, um, he keeps writing more posts. It's only after mounting public pressure that the LA Marathon eventually disqualifies Frank. Derek's public investigation also means his work gets picked up. It's in Canadian Running Magazine and on CBS. According to Frank's daughter, TV crews in vans camped out in front of Frank Meza's home, trying to catch a glimpse of him or convince him to do an interview. Inside Edition even sent someone up to the door multiple times. While the cameras rolled on the reporter... Frank's daughter says her dad was hiding inside, scared and upset. I went to his Los Angeles home and there was no answer. And it's on Good Morning America, where the hosts laughed at Frank's story, mocking him. But he has denied it. I didn't cut the course. I just had to go potty. Huh. And still set to <laughs> Yeah, yeah. For, for, went to the yes. bathroom and broke the record. Yes. <laughs> According to him. He's my new trainer. <laughs> <laughs> one, one question that I think looms over all this is, you know, what would the appropriate remedy be for someone cheating at a marathon, for a private figure, you know, dozens, hundreds of people digging into 
his times and his photos and trying to prove the point of his cheating might it even if it's with the best of intentions just it's it's almost like structurally so imbalanced it could make someone feel as if they're being bullied it could happen to anyone what happened to frank could happen to anyone and you have no one to call there is no 911 there are no laws that really will help you there's 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 just no escaping it just goes on and on and on and the more you struggle the quicker you are in quicksand and frank when he died did leave us a message that basically said there's no way i can live with the world attacking me and he thanked everyone who tried to help but honestly we couldn't do anything and i think that excuse me but those things and those people who tried to understand what was happening don't have any training or skills and yet they had decided he was guilty they had decided he needed to pay and they were going to extract whatever punishment and torment they chose to they made that choice for tina frank was an honorable man who was destroyed by people who didn't know him at all for all the wrong reasons he would always tell people you see that corner let's sprint to that corner we're almost home and so everyone would sprint to the corner and then he would say okay we're not quite home it's going to be just one more corner so somehow everyone ended up running way farther than they thought they would they'd run miles farther than they thought they would and that's kind of how he inspired people you can do better than that I mean, I did a triathlon with him one day and I went out into the ocean and half the people were half drowned. And they said, no, no, you have to turn back. I'm not a very good swimmer. You, you did fine. And I said, but I haven't gone to my goal. And the lifeguards just said, turn back, you're fine. No one's going to bother you. I mean, I was in my mid fifties. I wasn't going to score any goals. I think there were only other one other woman who was there. And she came in first. She was actually well-trained. Um, so I turned around. I said, well, what about the rest of it? Oh, go finish the race. It's not a big deal. I said, fine. Really? So I went and I finished the race. And, you know, it took me longer than I was absolutely the last person. But I was the only woman in that age group. So I came in second place and came home with a second place trophy. So what am I supposed to do about that? Declare that I am disqualified? Nobody cares. Huh. Nobody cares. Huh. <laughs> But if there maybe had been other female runners, the, who know, cares? Who, behind you. who cares? The fact that I went out there and tried and swam, the fact that I rode my bicycle, the fact that I ran, that's what matters. I did not sit on the couch and sit on the computer and accuse other people of things they themselves would never try. Really? Are we really turning recreation into something like this? Why? Because people like Derek Murphy don't get off the couch and go out and run themselves and put themselves out there? The ones that didn't get off their couch, those are the cheaters. Those are the bad people. They're the ones that have to talk about why they're occupying this world's oxygen compared to Frank. 
he doesn't use any more oxygen. If you're having thoughts of suicide, or if you're worried about a friend or a loved one, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available 24-7 across the United States at 800-273-TALK. That's 800-273-TALK. Or you can text HELLO to 741-741 for the Crisis Text Talk Line. And remember that recovery is possible, and most people who think about suicide do recover. For the next episode of Lies We Tell, our reporters go to Georgia to meet someone who started a hedge fund while in college, got his friends and family to invest. And then gets busted by the SEC. Yeah, so immediately. Wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. That's not the way investing works. Just wrong on the face of it. And so that raises my suspicions about him and about how knowing his actions actually were. He was clearly trying to lure people in. Was he just in over his head, lying to buy time until it all went bust? Or something darker, more sinister? That's next on Lies We Tell. From Luminary Media and Jigsaw Productions, Lies We Tell is produced in association with Story Mechanics. Our producers are Claire Sloan Vance, Brenna Farrell, associate producers Sophie Behrman and Tessa Kramer. Our interns are Silver Lifton and Allie Einberg. Our executive producers are Ellen Horn, Stacey Offman, Richard Perello, Joey Mara, and John Schmidt. Original score and mixing by Story Mechanics. Our composer is Darren Gray. Our sound engineers are Charles Michelet, Hannes Brown, and Violet Furton. Special thanks to Jamie Lines, Chris Beam, Matt Sachs, and Kenzie Wilbur. Our researcher is Camille Peterson. I'm Alex Gibney, and this is Lies We Tell. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.